Hey, this is David Hayter. You may know me as the screenwriter of films like X-Men, X-Men 2, and Watchmen, but you probably know me best as the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. Kept you waiting, huh? The Casanova Podcast, the number one podcast in Hawaii, is brought to you by these contributors on Patreon. If you'd like to see more content like this more often, as well as more podcasts, reviews, impressions, early access releases, live streams, and original content, then consider becoming a patron today. And welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. And we're back with a very, very, very special guest in a landmark episode in the Casanova Podcast. And this is a landmark episode for the simple fact that we have with us the one, the only, the legendary Andrew Rayner. Of Game Informer. He's the executive editor for Game Informer. So you already know. This man has been writing amazing content. For the last 25 years. I followed him for almost a decade. And it's just amazing. Being able to talk to someone. Who grew up and, and came up in a time. Where you know the landscape of gaming. Was much 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 different. Than what it is now. And being able to not only look at it. With and without the nostalgia goggles. But also being able to. Look at what we have now. In the current games landscape. And see how it's improving. And you know some of the things. That we're concerned about. Some of the things we like. And we're just having organic conversations. On this episode. So if you're ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and welcome Andrew on to the show. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's Number One Podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I've got the honor and privilege of once again having the executive editor of Game Informer, the one, the only, Andrew Rayner. Andrew, how are you doing today? <laughs> Good. It's my honor to be here. Uh, this is a great show, and I'm glad you're still going strong. And uh, yeah, anytime. Anytime you want me, I'll be here. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I feel like it's been, has it been like a year, year and a half since you were on last time? Yeah, I don't know. We've had some uh, scheduling issues, but uh, yeah, I'm always glad to be here. Dude, I... It's fun I, to talk to. I completely understand, man. You, you have a... Uh, your schedule is super busy. Plus, we also, you know, for the audience who may not know, like our time zone difference is incredibly different. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, five, six hours. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're in June already, right? Like I'm still in May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 been a while, and um, I think the last time you were on, like I was doing this part time. Now I'm doing this full time as of September last year, and uh it's people think oh yeah you're doing full-time podcasting and, and video game reviews and all that uh no it's it's not that easy <laughs> oh no no i mean 
Yeah, the last time I was on, I was able to go outside. Yeah. And and be near people and do handshakes. And now I can't go outside. I can't do any of those things without Did the threat ever... of dying. Yeah, it's super true. It's your, your, state, your state didn't open up yet, did it? It did today. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Okay. So kind of a soft open, but it sounds like my comic store is open again. Mm-hmm. And I called them. I was like, hey, congrats on being open. And they're like, we don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, we didn't get the small business loan or, you know, like the, yeah. the, the bailout. And it's either open now or closed forever. So I was like, yeah. oh, man. But they're going to do stuff where I could just go up to the door and get my comics. They could throw me. Mm-hmm. comics and i'll just let them sit on the ground for five hours and then pick them up or something i don't know okay uh, so yeah there should be some system in place but yeah moving forward it's gonna be weird it's gonna be no, really it, weird dude it's been it's it's so crazy because uh, my wife actually recently got laid off from her job mm-hmm. and trying to get uh her unemployment uh, has been absolutely insane. Uh, It wasn't until I want to say maybe a week ago that we were able to get her to be able to go in and and log in and and set up everything. Because before that, like you couldn't even log into the system. And one of the things like I I was saying to a lot of people that I know that uh, have been trying to get it's like, it's this pandemic has really shown how un both unequipped and unprepared, you know, as a nation we've been for this. And I think not only this nation, but you know, around the world, like it's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're going to be in it for a while. This is just starting. That's the scary thing. Right. Uh, And sorry to hear about, about your wife. That sucks, but no, we'll get through this. Right. Like, yeah, there's still video games. (laughs) Comic books are coming back. Uh, Hopefully everybody stays safe and we, yeah, we look forward to 2021 where we can go outside again. Yeah. And, and you know, what's crazy is like never would have thought in our lifetime we'd ever experienced anything like this. Yeah. Never. <laughs> so. I mean, you'd read about it in the history books, right? Like yeah. the 19, you know, the 1920s or when was it? The the Spanish flu at the early, yeah. you know, turn of the century. And it's like, oh man, that sounds awful. Glad we have vaccines and all that fun stuff now. You know, like science has come a long way. We're living longer. And then all of a sudden we just get a new strain of something, a new virus. And nope, yeah. we're, we're in worse shape than they were, you know, or potentially in worse shape. Like things are not trending the right way. And were people um, where you were, where, where you are currently, were they taking it seriously? Because I know here in Hawaii, people were not taking it seriously at all. They're saying like it's a... Oh, it's a mainland issue. It's not something we need to be concerned about. People partying every single day, going to the beach. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say most of Minnesota, where I'm based, it seemed to, for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. everybody was kind of like staying at home, trying to kill this thing off. And then as people got bored and frustrated with, you know, obviously losing the jobs, mm-hmm. uh, their business is closing that frustration kind of boiled over to, to people taking the streets, protesting, and now just, you know, just even disobeying, like, you know, certain laws, like you, you can't do certain things and they're still doing it. So it's going to be rough. This next month's going to be really rough. Did, did you guys have like uh, the full on like uh, quarantine hours or lockdown or anything like that? Okay. It was just like, you know, certain restaurants would be closed, uh, you know, social distancing, you know, 
do it as best you can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But, you know, parks were still open, people still going outside, you know, hanging out by lakes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So not as severe as, as some places or countries even, but um, we didn't do enough of it. Right. Like they even said yeah. it was like 50. They wanted to be at 80 percent and we got like 56 percent, I think, for Minnesota. Um, wow. And now our cases are, you know, we had 700 yesterday and mm-hmm. now everything's open today. And it's like this isn't trending the right way. Like this is no. going to go poorly. And I hope the hospitals are equipped now, you know, after a couple months to be able to handle this. But I don't think they are. No. I think it's going to be really, really chaotic and, and uh really sad what's what's going to come next yeah and and like you know speaking of hospitals like i last time we talked i was actually working for uh the hospital out here uh, one of the the main hospitals here hawaii pacific health at uh straub and uh i was one of the, the senior systems analysts and my entire team with telecom because we'd had to go into you know more often than not we'd had to go into uh the patient rooms to do work with the networking team and set up the lands for the uh, VoIP phones. What's crazy is I, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. Cause I'm, I'm blessed. I left when I did, Yeah, but it's, I, I feel terrible for the fact that the bulk, if not almost all of my team caught COVID-19 Oof. and it's like, we've already had like, you know, like as of a week ago, two people who I used to work with passed away from it. Oh, and man, it's I'm just, so sorry, dude. It's, you know, it's just one of those things where like when I, every time I hear people talking about, oh, it's just the flu, it's not that serious. I'm like, no, it's, yeah. 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 That's, that was the first like message that was out there, right? Like people were like, yeah. well, the flu kills a lot of people. And this is like, this is a whole different monster. Like even yeah. you can't compare the two. Uh, at Game Informer, you know, we, as soon as this thing kind of hit, mm-hmm. I think it was Seattle and California, those first cases, we immediately jumped to action. It's like, we can make a magazine from home, right? Like mm-hmm. video is going to be rough. Like it's going to be like we're doing now where it's, we're yeah. not in person, we're over the internet, but technology is to a point where, you know, you can make a decent podcast. Yeah. It's just visually, it's going to be a little different. Um, yeah. But so we did that and we've been locked down since what, end of February. Um, Has it been that long? Yeah, for us, yeah, because I, I think that's when it was starting to hit. Yeah, and then I think they started locking stuff down in March, so we were way ahead of kind of most people's actions. We just knew this thing was going to be bad, uh, and we made a call early on. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm you know I'm 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 very you know as as a friend I'm very very happy that you know you're doing okay and you know, staying safe and everything. But yeah, this is, this is in your opinion, like how this, how would you say this has affected like the gaming industry as a whole? I mean, I, we already, I know E3 is not happening, you know, it's uh, almost every gaming convention is done with the exception of the, what is it? Summer game fest, which is going to be happening digitally. Yeah. Um, but what what's your opinion on yeah, you know, the the fan expos are obviously gone for a year plus. So I don't know if mm-hmm. they're ever going to return like they were uh, without some new rules in place. But for games, games, you know, I hate to say this. It, it sounds really weird to say uh, with people dying and all that. But games, like, are kind of one of the big winners of the lockdown. I think also, like, movie streaming and TV show mm-hmm. streaming. People looking for escapism. 
yeah. you know, ways to, you know, bite off time as, as they're stuck at home. And I think games are a big way to do that. You know, playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey for a hundred plus hours, you know, that, yeah. that was something that was like, oh man, that's going to take me months. And now it's like, yeah, that sounds like a good, <laughs> good couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think people are really kind of looking for that. And in terms of like the industry itself, how mm-hmm. it's affecting development, we don't really know yet. I have talked to some game developers that uh, that I've gotten to know over the years about how things are going. Mm-hmm. Some say that it's business as usual. The game is on track for said release date for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they haven't, working from home hasn't really changed things. Other teams have said the exact opposite. Yeah. Where it's like kind of ground to a halt and they're really struggling to find uh, a way to keep that uh, pipeline moving, you know, like trying to mm-hmm. keep keep content coming coming in to, to make this thing. And I think we're going to see a lot of delays moving forward, not just like The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. Those were kind of delayed just out of kind of the, 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 the very beginning of this getting mm-hmm. really bad, the pandemic, and they kind of moved out of that into the zone where things are being eased up. Um, but I, I, I think as more people lose jobs, you know, as I said, games were the big winner here. That's when people had secure incomes and, and, you know, they bought animal crossing right out of the gates when this thing Mm -hmm. was getting bad. What happens now that you have 30 million Americans that are unemployed and others, you know, even me, I feel it like I'm pinching pennies a little more than, you know, I have, Mm -hmm. I have a job, but it's like, I don't, I want to have a nest egg in case I do lose my job Mm -hmm. or things get even worse as they move forward. So what are you spending less money on? And that's like entertainment and, toys and things you, you don't need that aren't necessities. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to see, but you know, game sales were really strong at the beginning here in February, March, April. And yeah, time will tell, but you know, I'm hoping things get back to normal here. You know, we have new systems on the way Yeah, and you know, hardware is expensive. And so yeah. to the point I just made, what does that mean for these new systems? Yeah. Could be a, a a slow start to the next generation. Yeah. I mean, if it, this is like, I mean, honestly with it, this whole pandemic happening and like you said, the amount of people that are unemployed, if these systems come out, which I'm, you know, some of the people I've spoken with, it will be up there in price. Uh, How should I say Aggressively, uh, uh, competitively priced. I'll put it that way. Uh, if what you know, do you think they're going to be? By the way, I, I'm picturing between four and five. Uh, I don't think, and I, and I've heard some people say that they think it's going to be like PlayStation Three again, like it's six, seven hundred dollars. Oh, I'm like, yeah. no, I, I can't see them doing that. Um, I just think that's that's going to be rough for sony and microsoft right now with this you know it's just trying to sell people on a new a new console yeah during yeah. this uh you know i'm excited i always like it new technology especially day one and just mm-hmm. putting it through its paces and seeing what's going to change you know for the next decade ahead of gaming mm-hmm. but you're totally right like if if sony is coming in at a higher price they might have to take a loss on that and try to make yeah. it up on software and they yeah. might already but they might have to take a big, big hit just given where the economy is. Yeah. And, it, you know, 
people's desire to to spend money on stuff at this point. Yeah. You know, and and like I'm constantly seeing like every time I go on Xbox Live or if I go on PlayStation Network or even, you know, the Switch eShop or Epic Game Store or Steam, like I'm at a point now, like every time I turn around, there's a sale and I'm like, <laughs> I want it, but do I need it? Yeah. But it's so cheap. But my backlog. <laughs> that's that's the gamer reflex, right? Like right? we all have hundreds of games we've never touched before. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 that's just how it goes. It's like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to play that new Darksiders game. And then it's like four years later, it's like, I really should have played that when I bought it. <laughs> And now I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's insane, man. Like, especially now, like I, so, you know, to touch on one of the things you said earlier about, you know, people consuming content, like I've seen a significant uptick, like when I stream either uh, on YouTube or I've actually switched over to streaming on Twitch because uh, it's really weird. I don't know, like a, a lot of uh, channels I know on YouTube, like have uh, a or, or people that have channels I'm friends with on YouTube from Chris Van Vliet does wrestling and, and sure. celebrity interviews and whatnot. Like they're telling me that when they stream, they get hit immediately with demonetization. And it's very strange because I've started getting that happening to me as well when I stream. So I moved over to Twitch, but, and a lot of people tell you, Oh, you go to Twitch, you know, or if you stream, it's going to be hard to get people to, to watch you. I'm not having that problem. People are <laughs> like, for you. they're, they're coming great. through and they're like, Hey, what are you playing? I need something to watch. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I could stream more. You know, I have, I'm a, a single dad with, with one kid and I got to focus on that. And I'm also a first grade teacher now full time because mm -hmm. I have to take care of her, her schooling, uh, mm -hmm. at least for the next few weeks until summer. Uh, but then it's like, do I put her in summer school just because, like, I think that she's fallen behind. You know, I'm not the best teacher. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. The, the schoolwork she's getting isn't that much. You know, it's like 40 minutes a day. It's like, really? This is it? That's you know, one day she just got, like, a couple videos to watch about, like, a blue whale. And I was like, are we really, really? That's it. And, and basically the message is we don't want them to, like, lose what they've earned like they've learned right they want to maintain yeah. their learning and they don't really care during this pandemic or you know they don't want to push them above or have me as a parent alter the course she was on for learning you know like create other conflicts for when she does go back to school mm -hmm. so it's 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 a mess and uh i don't know i'm rambling about <laughs> about my life but uh no, it's fine. it's fine. I mean, it's 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 the reality of this world now, right? Like, I things I used to be able to do, I just can't now because I have other responsibilities that have crept up, or I can't do things anymore because they're gone. Yeah, um, they're shuttered, or uh, you know, it would be, you know, I might get the virus if I do it. Uh, yeah. It would be ill advised. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just I I. I this is probably a hot take, but I feel like this pandemic has shown some of the absolute worst in people, especially like with the toilet paper and with how people are, you know, skyrocketing prices on things. Like it's, <sighs> I, I don't understand scalpers. I don't understand this 
Like, okay, so when it first hit, I didn't understand the toilet paper thing. Like, I I still don't understand. I was actually talking to Marcus Leto the other day, and I was like, you know, him and I were talking back and forth about that. I'm like, dude, what what's going on with that? And he's like, I have no idea. Do you get it? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't understand it. You know, I don't understand. Like, he got to a point here after that whole toilet paper thing went away. Then it was all the canned goods, all the canned goods. When that went away, it was all the soda. The only thing people here weren't buying was bottled water. And I'm like, okay, that and hand sanitizer. Those are the two yeah. things that people here were not buying. And it's just weird, like the, weird. the hoarding mentality. I'm like, what are you going to do with all that? Yeah. Uh, it's funny because one of the guys at work, he ran out of toilet paper. So I was like, oh, man, I got to get this guy some toilet paper. So I went down <laughs> in my, my basement and I was like, well, I have 12 rolls left. Let me see if like my Target has any. My Target didn't. And then we have a, a grocery store here called Cub Foods that mm-hmm. had it. So, I, you know, I'm using the app uh, to have it delivered to my house. And I had toilet paper delivered to me. And then I hopped in my car and I drove over to his house. I drove 20 minutes with six rolls of toilet paper and I <laughs> threw them over his fence. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I hear him like, hey, thanks. I was like, no problem. Hope that lasts you for a week <laughs> or a couple. And, and then uh, um, as I was driving away, I was like, that was one of the most badass things I've ever done. That was super <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, I helped someone out by giving them toilet paper and I threw it over a damn fence. Like, <laughs> that's the reality of the world we're in right now. It's, do you ever, okay, so like, do you feel like, I guess when we do go back to normal, like, are you, do you feel like a lot of us are going to have that hesitation about, you know, just things that we used to do going to restaurants, going to movies or any type of public social gathering? Like I, I kind of feel a little anxiety about that. Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I totally do. I'm a big, uh, Chicago Cubs fan and I want every summer I'd go to Wrigley, right. I'd spend, mm-hmm. I'd go for a series I'd go for three games. And that's like one of my favorite pastimes. And that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, even if they have like eight seats around me, mm-hmm. that's not happening. Like this virus is, is a monster. Um, yeah. You know, one person sneezes that thing can fly 20 feet across the, mm-hmm. you know, the stadium. So um, yeah, I, I feel really uneasy about that. There was some good news today about a potential vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moderna, I think is the name of the company. Yeah. But it was like, they, you know, injected it within this vaccine within uh, a couple dozen people and eight of them, eight of these people ended up getting antibodies that, you know, fought this thing that kept it at bay basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's only eight out of dozens, you know? So you got to think about that. Like, where is the end here? Like, is there an end or is this just something that's going to be with us forever? Uh, What does that mean to the things we've done in the past? And it's like, Sports may never have crowds, not never, but may not have crowds for a couple seasons. Yeah. Yeah. All movies might have to be streamed. You know, that might be our new movie movie theater. Yeah. Uh, for the next couple of years. Like I'm, I'm, I hope not. I hope this is done sooner than, than later, but just going outside and taking a walk when someone walks past me now makes me uneasy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it's not a shady looking figure, you know, like someone that, you know, it's like, Oh, that guy might have a gun or something. It's like, it could be a kid. It's like, Nope. Stay away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you, open you your mouth know. near me. 
Yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it, yeah. Like, um, you know, when my wife and I go out for walks, it's like, as soon as if we're on the sidewalk and we see someone coming towards us, we're like, all right, let's walk as far up into someone's yard as possible so that this person can walk at least 20, <laughs> 10 to 20 feet away from us. Cause it's, it's, it's terrifying, especially when you know that there's not a cure yet. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just, and there may never be one. It might be the like the flu, right? Where yeah, you know, it's like you get a, a vaccine every year, and hopefully, it can keep it at bay enough to the severe. You don't get the severe symptoms, but you still might get sick. Yeah. Um, that's probably the best case we have moving forward. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't know anything medically. I'm just reading stuff on the internet like you are and everybody yeah. else. But um, this thing sounds like a real problem and, yeah. and there's no easy solution. And we all have to be safe and, and figure things out as we move forward. But like you are saying earlier, like some of our things that we used to love now give us severe anxiety and, and seem like bad ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with... Uh events like the summer game fest coming up um how do you feel like i guess with uh an all digital front uh for the industry to to showcase gaming like do you feel okay adding on to that question given how to, to give it more context given how like e3 was a great place for uh indie developers to showcase their games because sometimes that was the most they could do you know they don't may not have the pr budget to do the marketing and whatnot do you feel like this type of digital event will be a boon for indie or no uh i think it's totally unnecessary this whole mm -hmm. Summer Games Fest name. I, I, I like Jeff Keeley and I, I think he does great interviews and stuff like that. So having him do interviews, fantastic. Mm -hmm. But these publishers could just, and developers could just do whatever they want. Yeah. Right? Like they just put something out there. IGN, Game Informer, GameSpot, we're all going to cover it. Mm -hmm. You know, if Playdead's like, hey, we're announcing a new game at this time. Here's the live stream. We're going to put it on our website and let people know when to go there. Yeah. So this whole concept of, of a, a digital fest just seems kind of ridiculous to me. Like it's mm -hmm. unneeded. Um, it is nice to just maybe see the names of the companies that are involved in it. But again, mm -hmm. like any news site would would do it. Uh it's not like E3 where you have a, you have to have a physical presence and you know, it's for fans and press and it's, it's a, a place to be united. These publishers can do this without spending any money and just do yeah. whatever they want to. Um, that's the state of the world we're in now. Right. And you're seeing that yeah. like, you know, Assassin's Creed was just like, yo, here's the new Assassin's Creed. <laughs> we had some artists paint it for a while. Pretty cool. Right. Like paint this picture of the game and now we're announcing it. And tomorrow we're going to show you the trailer. Yeah. It works. Right. Or they can do like Nintendo. They're like, "Hey, here's Paper Mario." <laughs> it's yeah, just like just out of ooh. nowhere. Yeah, or they're Nintendo Direct. They're like, "Hey, tomorrow's Nintendo Direct." Oh, hey, you just learned thirty new things. Cool, right? And you're, you walk away with your mind blown. Like, I want to play all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I have to admit, like when when it was announced, and this is supposed to go, I, I'm assuming three months or so. Uh, from May to August, and I'm like trying to figure out like what is this 
because like you said, all the all the you know the major gaming news outlets, they're all gonna cover it. So yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just I, like a weird <laughs> bubble to put everything in. Yeah. Uh, but you don't really need to. Yeah, I, I, and you know, when it was announced, I kind of figured I was like, oh, okay. So Jeff Keeley, he he stepped down from E3. It's like, okay, that was kind of major. And then this gets announced. I was like, oh, this has been in the works for a while. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's a weird thing. It's just like a placeholder E3 thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, speaking of E3, like, did you feel, um, I guess, if, well, not if, when? be positive when this pandemic clears do you ever see e3 coming back because there's a lot of people saying e3 is not necessary we don't need it anymore uh, we've got packs and all that and i'm like well i don't know i don't know <laughs> i i love e3 i'm one of the e3 defenders you know maybe not the organization for yeah leaking all of our information and treating journalists kind of poorly through that whole thing yeah um but the, the the it is like the biggest moment of the year for games, right? It, it mm-hmm. feels like all spotlights in the world are for at least a brief moment are on video games and seeing what's there. You have all these newspapers and news outlets covering it, you know, the mainstream stuff. And it's just, you know, you go to Nintendo's booth and it, it feels like Disney World, right? Like it does. <laughs> you have statues, animated, you know, robots and games everywhere and just a sea of people, which is now a really terrifying idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, back in the day, it was just this spectacle and it just, there was a magic to it. And that was for every company, yeah. every booth you'd go to, you know, Capcom with a big life-size monster hunter dragon, mm-hmm. you know, lording over you. Like, how cool is that? So yeah. there was something to it. It was ridiculous. You know, maybe not the best for, for uh, fans because you'd have to wait in line three to four hours to see something and you do two things a day and you have, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, yeah, no, that's not fun. Um, but just walking around that place and the energy and the press conferences that were tied to it, you know, one after another, like three in a day, you know, you just learned about mm-hmm. 80 new games. Like that was awesome. That will never be top. So I hope it comes back because yeah. I think it's very important for the industry to have something like that. Even if it isn't E3, something else. Yeah. I know, like, because uh, last year was my first time going to E3. Uh, I, I was uh, flown there by PDP. Uh, very grateful for them for sending me out there. And, you know, for me, having an industry badge versus, like, my friends who were there who are content creators just having, like, paid for their badge, like, it's a completely different experience, like, especially when you get to go to all the media parts instead of, or no, the press areas instead of just going to sure. just the showroom floor. And, you know, I saw a lot of those lines, man, like the Final Fantasy one, the, the Marvel <laughs> line, you know, like they were insane. Even the the back when they had the yeah when they did the Dragon Ball Z Kakarot line, they were insane. And it literally you you from start to finish of the day, you could literally do two things yeah, with those yeah. lines. Uh, and, you know. It's it's interesting because a lot of people I know that are content creators who've never been to E3 are so quick to say it's not worth it. And I keep telling them like, well, I was saying before this whole pandemic hit and before it got canceled, I would tell them like watching E3 on YouTube versus physically being there 
worlds apart from each other. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a different experience. Yeah, I feel like it's a pilgrimage every gamer needs to make. I, I, yeah. I hope that that returns. Like, if you're really into video games, you will, you know, again, you might not feel like you saw much, but when you walk out of there, you're going to be like, that place was awesome. Yeah. Like, the vibe that was there was awesome. Everything about it is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I got to meet so many, uh, so many of my industry, uh, you know, people in the yeah, industry exactly. that are they're my friends now. Like my friend Kathy from Capcom, she oversaw that whole Monster Hunter Dragon whole thing. I was <laughs> like, you know, it, it was crazy, you know, and, and all the people I've got to run into. And it's funny because some people told me like, "Yeah, I was there. How come we didn't link up?" And I'm like, it was insanely packed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then you just go to your hotel and just pass out because you just walked you know like 80 yeah. miles yeah it's like the after parties i'm like uh, i don't know if i get the energy to go to those <laughs> <laughs> i used to when i was young not the after parties but just like going to like a hotel bar and mingling you know until yeah. until they turned the lights on they're like get out of here quit talking about <laughs> video games <laughs> No, um, so with uh, you know, with the new consoles that have been announced, like, what's your excitement level for the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five? Through the roof! Like, I, I really am like all about video games. It's what I do the most. You know, I I write fiction, I read comics a lot, um, but video games are just—it's in my DNA. I just think mm -hmm. these things are the best thing ever. I can't get enough of them. So when you tell me there's like a whole new level coming, uh, you know, like the, the standard's going to be raised through the roof. Mm -hmm. I don't know what all the specs mean. You know, I'm not a technical guy. I, I get some of it, but when I see like this is significantly more powerful, yeah, the, the hair on the back of my neck raises up and I'm just like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> like, I want to see what's next. I want to see like Horizon 2, what dinosaurs look like on a PS5. Oh, man. Right. Or what, you know, like Spider-Man, you know, like a, a Spider-Man sequel, like what's that going to look like? It already looks amazing. Yeah. Can it look even better? There's a chance I could, you know, we could all be let down. Like I just paid 500 bucks and it looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. You know, load times are a little better. Uh, that's a concern. Yeah. But, you know, they've dazzled me for decades. So I'm hoping they do it again. Yeah. I, you know, and, and looking at the, yeah, cause I mean, I, I, I look at the specs and I'm like, I, I kind of get them. I'm like, all right, it's the, the, just, just I'm getting from it. Okay. It's significantly more powerful than what we are having now. And I saw the unreal engine five demo. I was like, whoa, I've seen some people say like, oh, it didn't look that graphically impressive. I'm like, are we looking at the same thing? Yeah, that thing was smoking. <laughs> it was flying. Like the the speed to that was great. Like there was only one character on screen, mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, well, what what would it be like if there was like ten or you know, like a big robot? Like, how does that change things? This mm -hmm. is just this, you know, this woman flying across this terrain at great speeds, and it was beautiful and fluid. And uh, I wanted to play that. And they're like, well, it's yeah. not a game. And I was like, oh. All right, whatever. Turning this off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was kind of a weird announcement, right? Oops, yeah. Sorry, my dog is. Oh, that's fine. Going downstairs. That's fine. 
No, it's uh, it 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 looked great. You know, just seeing what they can do technologically with the the newer Unreal Engine, it does make me wonder: Is this going to make Nintendo have to make either a new Switch or a modular upgrade to the Switch? Because uh, one of the things, like I know, the Switch is a very hot selling item. It's very hard to get right now. A lot of people want you know, the day in day releases for switch to other consoles, but being realistic, I do feel like with this new generation and with companies focusing on PlayStation five and Xbox series X it's going to be a little bit harder to try and port that same experience to something that's as underpowered as the switches yeah i think you're looking at you know the wii again right like yeah in terms of that graphical leap or technical technological leap mm-hmm. where it could be uh, a little bit more challenging and yeah we, you might see the third party support dry up a little at least from like those big triple a games mm-hmm. but i still think the switch is in a really nice position yeah. you know nintendo first party i think even those third parties that are making those big triple a games know there's a big audience there for nintendo Maybe you don't get the Assassin's Creeds ever on Switch, you know, the new mm-hmm. gen ones, but maybe they'll make new Assassin's Creed games for Switch. You know, there's always mm-hmm. that possibility. I think Switch is in such a unique position that it doesn't need uh, to keep up with the PS5 and Xbox Series X. I think they'll be, be just fine. Mm-hmm. That said, five years from now or four years from now, I'd love a new Nintendo handheld again, hybrid system. Like they got to keep making that because it's it's brilliant. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like a lot of people think, like with the Wii, even though the Wii U didn't do financially very well, I feel like it was definitely the predecessor and idea, the proof concept for what the Switch was going to be. Like Nintendo, I just feel like since uh, I guess you could say the GameCube era, maybe the N64 era was a, either the GameCube and N64 era, I feel like were the last eras where Nintendo was like going for power and performance where they've now shifted to, well, in the last, I'd say like the Wii, the Wii era was when they shifted to, okay, we're going to focus on games, casuals and people. So everyone can play, you know, simplicity. They've never done anything that's up to standard, right? Like even the GameCube had those tiny little discs. Yeah. And I remember like Tony Hawk was being ported there and like, well, we can't include all the songs on here. You know, there was something (laughs) on there. Like (laughs) there was storage concerns. It's like "Ah, Nintendo. But then you get like Wind Waker and you're like, Mm -hmm. this is like the best game out there. Like screw that PlayStation 2 and and Xbox. (laughs) This game is sweet. Um, you know, so I, I just want Nintendo to keep being Nintendo. They're kind of the Willy Wonka of the video game industry, doing things that are different, yet they change the world, right? Like when yeah. they hit, they hit in a big way. Yeah, they definitely do. And, you know, I, I could see them like the, the Switch. I think they found what they need to do. I know, a lot of, you know, having a console that can be both a portable and home console especially with how they were the revised switch has a significantly better battery life so it's the best (laughs) of both worlds you know i I, I mean the the new one is well the what do they call it the switch light yeah like it's no longer a switch guys like it's like it doesn't switch positions it's just one thing you just made another handheld yeah and they did that with 3ds right like they got rid of the 3d Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like what do you 
maybe come up with a more clever name that isn't exactly what the device is. Mm -hmm. You know, call it the, the Google, you know, come up with your own, <laughs> your own word. <laughs> so when you do cut off like the unique factor of it, it doesn't look so strange. Yeah. Um, I, I think also like some of this, the performance differences between like when you play it, uh, certain games docked to uh, portably, which is kind of strange because some older titles, some older titles that are ported, you would think they could run just as smooth as they do docked and they don't. Like I've seen yeah. like Grandia HD collection struggles portably, mm -hmm. uh, Bloodstain does not run that well portably and it's just it's like really come on now <laughs> yeah like fury unleashed i'm playing that right now for review mm -hmm. uh and i'm playing it on xbox one and then i have the switch version switch version looks great on the tv and then you do it dot or you do it handheld run smooth but the text is so tiny yeah there's no way to blow it up for handheld mode so there's things like that that you know not every port's going to be perfect it yeah. might be able to to run it okay, but there there will be things that are a little off. Um, that's okay though, right? You have the option. Yeah. I prefer it be perfect both ways, but you know, yeah. Sometimes it's it is. Sometimes it isn't. Main thing that I would love Nintendo to do is please improve your online interface. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pain trying to play games online with the Switch, especially with the the speed cap that they put on it, like. Even if I run an Ethernet into my Switch docked, it's still not like I've got one gig internet, and yeah. the most I can pull is like twenty-two, maybe thirty megs. I'm like, no. Yeah, that and the whole friend code concept. It's like, uh, what? What are you doing, guys? What are you doing? <laughs> it's needlessly complicated. Yeah, like we we got past this in like two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so, uh, what are some like with uh, when it comes to like games like Valorant? Have you got the chance to play that? And what do you think of it so far? I did not play Valorant, I watched some of it. I'm a big Overwatch uh fan, so this is definitely interesting to me. I, I love mm. the class based um hero shooters, and this kind of blends that with Counter Strike. I mm. did watch about two hours of streams on launch day, and I was like, I'm sold on this. My whole clan, my first person shooter group of people that play mm -hmm. uh, with me are on Xbox one. So they haven't oh. announced an Xbox one yet. I'm sure it's coming. They're mm -hmm. still in beta on PC, but once that hits, yeah, that'll be day one. Let's play this for, for a good couple of weeks, see what we think. But I love the concept of it. I love the, the flow that they have going. It's a little bit more calculated, um, you know, more peeking around corners and shooting mm -hmm. uh, than overwatcher. It's just, you're just all out there going crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think that would complement it nicely. I think it's it's an interesting idea, you know, kind of borrowing from two giants in the in the genre, and it seems like they mesh well together. Yeah, it's um, I was able to get one of the codes for it, uh, which is so crazy because literally all I did was leave a stream up, fell asleep, woke up, was like, oh, you have a code. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> let's so, do this yeah right you know I, i've gotten to play a couple matches uh with some of my friends uh that are in the industry and it's it's a lot of fun you know i i like overwatch i like counter-strike and it's a really good balance of the two like i i was surprised and it it's really it you know i if it comes to more co it, which i'm sure it's going to come to xbox playstation 4 and whatnot 
I would oh, love, it yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it absolutely has to. Like, I, I would love it to have cross play, you know, cross play. Yeah. Like, okay, so as far as cross play, do you think that's going to become the new norm? Oh, it has to. It better. Like, I mean, I'm already, it's already a part of my language where I'm like, yo, let's play some Apex Legends. And then my friend's like, I, I don't, uh, it doesn't do cross play. I'm like, what? What do you mean it doesn't do crossplay? And it's like, oh, well, that sucks. That just feels wrong now, right? Yeah. Like you got Call of Duty doing it, Rocket League. There's a bunch of games doing it. Uh, Overwatch isn't yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fear playing people on PC on that game in particular. Whereas Call of Duty has more of the snap, which makes sense on on mm-hmm. controller. The pros play on PS PS4, which is interesting. Most competitive shooters are on PC, but that one's mm-hmm. PS4 because uh, I think it's a better console game than than pc um but yeah we'll see i I hope it comes to console i hope i hope it makes sense for that you never know counter-strike doesn't have a big presence on console yeah Um, it's more of a pc shooter but time will tell true 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 uh when it comes to like uh you know you say you're currently reviewing uh, a couple games uh for for game informer um how do you because this is something i'm struggling with i'm I feel like every week I have anywhere from eight to 10 games to review. Like mm-hmm. every time I, I look in my email, Oh, you got this code. Hey, Sega sent you this Nintendo sent you that. And it's like, I've gotten to this point where I feel like I'm like, when it comes to playing games for fun, um, I, I feel like I have to schedule that. And like, it's <laughs> so yeah. hard. Cause it's like, <laughs> I'm oh. struggling with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's once you be, you know, become a professional or whatever, whatever it's mm. your job, the lens changes, right? Like you, you see the world in a whole different way. Where it's, uh, yeah, you are critiquing everything. You know, either it's you know for that game or the it, how it compares to another game or end of the year voting for games mm. of the year. Even when you're just playing for fun, it, it, you're still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what I pick, you know, if you have those eight games, it's like, well, which ones are you the most excited about? Which ones do you want to talk to your viewers and readers and listeners about? And then which ones you also have to think about which ones they're in, interested in. Like, is there mm-hmm. a big release that everybody's talking about on social media? Should you tell them that they should spend their 30 to $60 on this or, or pass on it? So I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of variables that come in there. But at the same time, you might be the trendsetter of being like, hey, there's this game called Children of Morta. Nobody's talking about it. Came out last year. I'm giving it a nine. I would have, you know, put it on my top ten list last year. I missed it. We didn't put it on our top fifty list. We missed it. Just it was under our radar. But you should play this. And then yeah. all of a sudden you have this. You know, it snowballs. Everybody's talking about Children of Morta. You know, that's something that happened with me. You know, so mm-hmm. um, those are chances you have to take with your time in figuring out what is, you know, best for your group of people, you know, and you in particular too. Yeah. Like I, um, you know, I got several games at once. I want to say between March and April, back to back to back, you know, doom. Uh, yeah. So I got doom, final fantasy seven remake, resident evil three remake. Charles of mana. <laughs> and Predator. Within a week, 
I got codes for everything, and I'm yeah. just looking at it like, okay, that's sixty. Oh, and Persona, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's over 150 hours. That's 60 hours. That I'm like just literally having anxiety because it's like it's it's overwhelming, and I've got people telling me, oh, just relax. I'm like, no, I I have to write a written review because. You know, I up my website to I put written reviews because I feel like I can do more with that than I can do with a 10 or 15 minute video. Right. And it's just. It's stressful trying to to do both and then trying to maintain like a regular sleep schedule, which is almost impossible with this mm -hmm. pandemic going on and, you know, still trying to stream and have fun. It's it's just. I guess I'm just looking for advice from you because I'm like, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I, think, I think I gave it to you, right? Like, I think yeah. you, you look at that and you just kind of weigh your variables and it's like, you know, I, I would, out of those, I'd probably look at Persona as like already a known quantity. They're just yeah. kind of updating it. The other three, you know, Resident Evil, you could even say that falls in the same camp, but it's a significant remake. Yeah. You know, Doom seems like the most easily digestible you could spit that out pretty quick a lot yeah. of hype around that one yeah and then you know maybe res evil to final fantasy uh you know it's just it's and also just what you're interested you know that's my take it's what you're interested in you know like what you mm -hmm. think um you know there's a lot of hype around final fantasy 7 mm -hmm. um a lot of hype around res evil as well i would rather play res evil than final fantasy so that's why i would go with res evil but um you know Put yourself into the reviews, you know, let people know what you're into. And, you know, those are the better reviews, I think, when when you're knowledgeable and, and you, you have a passion for those types of games. Yeah. I mean, I've even had people ask me like, oh, how come you don't cover this game or that game? And it, more often than not, I tell them, I'm like, I'm just not interested in that. Like, yeah. and it's it's um, I I don't feel and I've explained this to a lot of people like I don't feel it's fair for me to cover a game that I have absolutely no interest in because that's not going to be fair to you for me to critique it and give it a rating when I don't have a passion for it. Not saying that all the times like I shouldn't cover games I don't have an interest in like I covered uh, Sakura Wars from Sega. Never played a Sakura Wars title before. Didn't know much about the franchise, but I tried it surprisingly i came to love it i thought it was pretty interesting I was like, hey you know this is probably not going to score very high if you don't like reading a lot if you're not into very you know japanese style visual novel style games you're probably not going to enjoy it but hey i had a blast with it yeah you know, it's 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 um it's really not easy um <laughs> And there's you know, so much coming out. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, I think you framed that perfectly. And you just let, you got to let your readership know kind of your comfort level and things, your expertise and things. You know, they, any review you click into, you, you assume that this person knows what they're talking about and, you know, enough to give it a score or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, tell you if it's good or not and why it matters to that franchise. Right. Mm -hmm. But you don't need all that. Right. Like, you don't know how this is important to Sakura, but you're bringing the perspective of someone who's trying it for the first time. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of your listeners or readers that are going to be in the same camp. So as long as you have that early on of like, hey, I'm new to this, 
mm-hmm. they know your perspective, right? They know how you're kind of gauging this thing on your own. You know, Game Informer, we have a lot of people that are a lot of writers and IGN mm-hmm. and GameSpot do where you you can find people that are better suited for certain games than others, right? Like you have a deep well of, of personalities and interests to, to pick from. But if you're just on your own, I think that perspective is is also very valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're new to something, uh, that can be just as compelling to read than uh, if you're an expert in something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, there's it's, no bad choice. Right. No, this <laughs> is keep, very. Just keep working. <laughs> keep it's very. <laughs> it's very true because it's it's um, it, you know, doing this full time now, uh, juggling all these projects from you know video and written reviews to podcasts, streaming them, and more. Like it's really giving me more of a passion for the industry. You know, more of a respect for things that. Uh, not saying I didn't respect it before, but it's it's helped me see why certain things are done the way they are. Why, you know, like when people are like, oh, that was just that's a lazy job on this video game. That's a lazy review. And I'm like, well, how can you really quantify that? You know, yeah. how do you know? Like if, if and it's, it's kind of interesting when you see people that they'll say that they'll throw that out there just because they don't like the opinion that's being given and i'm like no like if this person if this is how they felt that's their review and one of the things i i keep running into over and over and over because people are like oh you're too positive in your reviews i'm like well i grew up in an era where game pro and other magazines back in the 90s and parts of the 80s were like the fun factor the experience was at the, the forefront and then we go into why we don't like it, you know, or yeah. why there are some issues. And that's where I'm at with that. And, you know, I'm constantly getting from a lot of people and probably trolls who are like, oh, how, you know, this company paid you to say this. And I'm like, well, no, they can't do that. They can't, <laughs> they can't pay me. I mean, I guess getting a code or a game physically sent, I guess that's compensation. But I mean, that, that I'm not financially being paid to say, hey, this is good. They're, boundaries sometimes like you can't talk too much you don't want to spoil the game but right yeah yeah you, you don't want to ruin the experience for people <laughs> um but when people say a review is lazy that is like one of the most damaging things you could say to a writer because like like the game creators they want to keep working on their game forever and make it better and better and better yeah. the same thing goes for writers right but you have hardly any time especially with deadlines or embargoes right where you want to keep working on your piece, making it better, explaining more, you know, being more mm-hmm. clear, um, you know, being more of an artist and how you say things and, and presenting it in a unique way. And you just don't have a lot of time. Sometimes, you yeah. know, you just got to be like, well, that's it. And it goes out. So when someone says it's lazy, it's like, it's not lazy. It's just, I had this amount of time. Yeah. I wish mm-hmm. it was better. I wish I had more time to work on this. I put as much as, as I could into it. It's just, that's the nature of the beast. And that's the same for game devs too. You know, sometimes it's like we have a release date to hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, the game shipped pretty buggy. You know, the critics take it, rightfully take it to, to task. And it's like, mm-hmm. we did our best. Yeah. And you know, the, it goes the same for the critics too. We did our best, you know, like with what we had, we did our best. And, and you know, the other thing, a lot of people assume that, you know, we should just stay focused on one title, even after it comes out. And it's like, when you're doing this professionally and the amount of stuff you're covering, it's like, as soon as it comes out, 
well, you'll get the code or you'll get the product. You'll work on it. You do your review, give your impressions and stuff like that. And then once you've got your review out, you've got like however many more <laughs> coming in. So I, I've had people like, hey, you know, do you remember this part here, here and here? And I'm like. Been a while. <laughs> you know, <it's> yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. By the time a review hits, sometimes you're already like knee deep into your next adventure, you know, like, uh, or, you know, like when someone says stick with the game, it's like, I wish I could. Like when Star Mm -hmm. Wars Battlefront 2 hit, I took that game to task on just like, you know, being awful with microtransactions. Mm -hmm. Flash forward a couple of years later, and it's like, it's a better game. Yeah. But my review is a moment in time, right? Like it was Mm -hmm. like, this is what happened when it hit, this is what it was. That's history, mm-hmm. but there's still people that are going back and looking at the review now, and I'll get emails every once in a while, like you don't know what you're talking about, and it's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like that's from you know I'll write that, and they're like, oh, well, you should update it. It's like, well, that would mean playing through the whole thing again. That'd be yeah. a full time job as like Star Wars Battlefront two editor, which yeah. might not be a bad gig, but um, you know, every business, every uh, uh, outlet would go out of business because you just wouldn't have enough people to do stuff. <laughs> or Fortnite, like Fortnite constantly changing. You know, they, they yeah. keep changing it up. Um, good and bad sometimes, you know, like a gun will break the game for a week and then they, they nerf it. And yeah, it's just fascinating where games have gone. Yeah. I find it so amazing when people get so upset, like especially fighting games, like oh, Street Fighter had the what's the Champion Edition, Mortal Kombat has Aftermath, and people are like, I'm just gonna wait for the final game to come out because I'm tired of buying the same game over and over. And I'm like, if you grew up in the '90s, you were buying Street Fighter, <laughs> yeah, over Super for Street Bal- Fighter Two. Super oh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Championship Edition. I had all of them. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just um yeah, it, it's almost impossible to, to stick with these games like beyond, you know, unless you really have a passion for it and you have the time in your spare time to to keep track of it, it the amount that we're covering like it's almost impossible. Like I'm covering Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition right now and you know by the time what a, a week before that launches is probably going to go up and once i'm done with that i'm on to the next thing and i yeah. i tell a lot of my audience they're like hey can you give me some insight nope i'm like i am not i signed an nda i will not <laughs> uh, you know i'm not gonna get caught up in anything like that and i, yeah. I think um you know it, it's a the the more I work in this industry, I'm I'm just really coming to appreciate like how not only how well run a lot of things are, but also how uh, close knit everyone is. Yeah, so. there's a lot of great people in this this business. You know, from journalists to you know, PR to you know just people wanted to make it easy for people, right? Like yeah. and and just you know appreciate each other however we can and the work that goes into stuff. I love that about this industry. Yeah. The one thing I will say, it, it makes me like jealous beyond belief of movie critics. Yeah. We'll just go into a movie theater and it's like, yeah, this is two hours. You know, it's like <laughs> clockwork for them. It's like us, we get a new game. You're like, I don't know how long this shark RPG is going to be man eater. <laughs> I don't know. 
Maybe I'll see you in a couple of days. Maybe I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I, I have no idea how long I'm going to be playing as a shark. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's like, that's the nature of video games and kind of what makes them brilliant, right? Like you yeah. just never know as a critic, you know, there's no walkthrough online or time to beat online yet. You're, mm-hmm. you're at ground zero of like, all right, I'll be the one that figures this out. I guess I'll put the time in my review. How yeah. long it took me to beat it. And then, that becomes like a, you know, a thing for people to latch onto, like, okay, that game's 50 hours. And it's like, yeah, I had to figure that out on my own, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> and you could ask like PR and all that stuff, like how long is it? But you know, you never know what kind of answer you're going to get if they're going to be yeah. like, well, if you see all the content in the game and play through on the three difficulties, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's a crapshoot when you go into yeah. these games and that's part of what's fun about them. Yeah. You know, winding down to the the last couple of questions, being mm-hmm. respectful of your time. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask was like, what is your, uh, you know, I, I know this is kind of like a hot topic, but like with the whole leaks for uh, Last of Us Two, I, I don't understand why people, and I, and I'm seeing this a lot more often with games coming out. We saw it with Final Fantasy Seven remake, we saw it with Kingdom Hearts, you've seen it with Resident Evil, where people. It, I feel like, you know, back in the day, the anticipation for the game coming out was huge. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, let me hack it, put it all out there, and just ruin it. Because it, the amount of work that goes into creating these games, the time people are spending sacrificing away from their families and loved ones, it's just, I, I just feel like it's ethically immoral when these people hack stuff like uh, f- from your uh, opinion being in the industry like h- how do you view it like well i think that kind of speaks to the anticipation of it that people would go to the lengths to <laughs> you put it online right like they mm-hmm. want people to oh my god running dog oh, um, no, they, <laughs> sorry she's going no, nuts. No, no. uh yeah they, they just want to be like oh i'm the first to have it or i want to ruin this for people i mean you're always going to have the jerks out there that um, that are going to spoil the the fun for for others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just up to us to to kind of block all that stuff out, protect ourselves, mm-hmm. like we do from from COVID nineteen, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, treat it like the same thing. Um, but I think there's still a lot of hype for for the big games that are coming out. Uh, you know, be it Last of Us, Ghost, uh, any of those big games, people want to know how they are you saw the huge sales on like final fantasy and animal crossing and, and mm-hmm. some of the games coming out now it's been a lighter schedule than normal just because we have a new generation of games coming and then also delays from, from the pandemic, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of interest in the triple A's and that's great to see because they're my favorites. You know, I love indie indie games and all that stuff, but uh, man, when you get a game that's made by thousands of people like Red Dead or any of those like Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. just the visuals and the vision and just trying to take the gaming to the next level, mm-hmm. uh, you can't beat that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, uh, winding down to the last few questions I have for you, like what are, um, would you say like, I guess, independent uh I guess you can say independent games journalists such as myself and others who have either their own website or are doing coverage on, you know, various outlets. Uh, what if, well, actually this is two questions this is one 
first question out part of first part of that question is uh what what value do you think independent games journalists bring to the table and i guess the second question is how would an independent journalist transition over to being part of like an established brand i think it's equal value to any critic right like i think mm-hmm. you're, you're just another voice that people can latch on to and and trust in and find uh entertainment in if you're you're streaming mm-hmm. i think that's that's every bit as important as anybody that's established and if you're good at it you know i i would say they're both the same i wouldn't even say established i, I would just say you're going to find an audience at both if you're good mm-hmm. at what you do you will grow that audience like people word of mouth will spread reviews will get picked up on on different websites forums like this guy did a good job you know hopefully that's what people are doing you know like mm-hmm. this is a voice you should pay attention to and you see that in all these different youtube videos you know people making great video reviews or breakdowns of games you know they've just snowballed into huge careers mm-hmm. so i i think they're all valuable and and i love that there's so many people out there doing it and trying to do it and learning as they go you know that's the thing if if there's any advice anyone should have it's just keep going don't feel like you're not good enough because like i started when i was 17 years old and i was terrible mm-hmm. terrible writer i had the knowledge of games i just couldn't put it down on paper and yet i'm it's being sent out to readers right like mm-hmm. like my writing's awful like i'm i'm writing like beavis and butthead um <laughs> But then, you know, I learned as I went, you know, like, and it was trial and error and it still is. I was, you know, trained in a very unconventional way, like basically, you know, trial by fire for me, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, keep going or lose your job, but just keep getting better. And I did each year better, better, better. And I'm still learning today, you know, 25, 26 years later, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be like, oh, that was an interesting sentence structure. I like that. (laughs) that, That's an interesting approach. You know, I like that. Uh, And, and the whole video thing now too, you know, starting to, to, you know, cut my teeth on, on doing videos and we're doing video reviews now at game informer for the first time, which is weird. We weren't doing them before, but Mm. um, yeah, it's, there's no wrong approach. You just got to keep going and, and getting better. And you're always going to be learning and always getting better, but never get discouraged in it. Like, keep going talk to other people about how you're doing get their feedback on on how things are and you know just learn that way yeah and uh i guess the last question i have for you is like uh i I know you do podcasting as well um how's that been going has the pandemic affected your ability to do podcasting uh or has it ramped up more ability to do it or how's it how's it going for you with that without like direct eye contact when you have like four people mm-hmm. you'll every once in a while have people talking over each other you mm-hmm. know as if there's a question kind of volleyed to the group it'll just be like a, a weird free-for-all <laughs> yeah. and then and then then when everybody's talking over each other the next question is asked everybody's just kind of sitting there like you doing this first or me or you or <laughs> who's gonna do this <laughs> so there's there's that kind of thing that's that's a problem and now you kind of start seeing like the hand raise like you know, like it's not the best viewing, but at least it keeps things a little clearer. Um, people have different setups, so there's different audio and technical issues that come with mm-hmm. that and different internet speeds and people falling off every once in a while. You know, 
you never have in a studio, you never have someone just fall over backwards on a chair and suddenly be gone for a couple of minutes. But um, <laughs> that's what happens with online, right? Like all of a sudden yeah. Comcast, you know, poops the bed and <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an interesting term for you. Um, right. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's problems that happen. So I would say it's going pretty smooth though. You know, our expertise hasn't changed at all. You know, people are mm. still as passionate as before. People are going a little stir crazy at home. You get that a little bit, you know, people's haircuts are getting a little crazy. Um, hey, we're bald. We don't have that problem. Yeah, man. Like we're, <laughs> we're the victors of the pandemic here. Right. This is how you do it. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, there's just various things about life that could affect, you know, the flow and, and people's, you know, sanity and, you know, you don't want them burning out or, you know, giving people time off now it's like well you're still going to be in the same spot but yeah. you need you know you need to relax the brain and and you know being understanding of all that stuff and it's it's a weird world you know it really yeah. is a, a strange place to be in but game informer continues to operate as it has in the past we're still making the magazine that's going out to mailboxes uh we're still making all the podcasts and video shows and content for the website uh, like, like it hasn't stopped. It mm -hmm. just looks a little different in terms of video. Um, but we're plugging along, hoping for this to end, but are in for the long run. You know, we know this isn't gonna, gonna be overnight or maybe not until next spring yeah. but, uh, or summer. Gosh. Yeah. And even then it, it's like, maybe we get a shot. Maybe it helps us. Maybe it doesn't. Oh God. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Yeah, yeah, not a great note to end on, but I mean that's the reality of the world, right? Like, yeah, but we're both safe, we're yeah. content, we're we're doing what we love. That's what matters, right? Yeah, yeah, true. And uh, I like. It. I have one final question for you. Mm -hmm. Did you have fun? I did. I did. I love <laughs> your show. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Stick with it. And uh, yeah, hopefully you get through that uh, that backlog of yours here soon. Which means you're not going to touch it. Yeah, it's it's I I yeah. Is like every time I look at it, like oh yeah, I want to play Neo too. No, that's not happening. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, is, is there anything you want to leave the audience with before we go? Not just tell him he's doing a great job. Like it, it really <laughs> is good. I like your setup. Uh, really nice, clean microphone. Yeah, you're doing it right, man. Keep it up. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um. Man, I, I like your microphone. That's the sure mic, right? Like it that, is. Yep. That one. Okay. So when the only reason I don't have that one is because I could not find it hmm. anywhere. Like Guitar Center didn't have it. Uh, when I would try to order it on Amazon, it's always sold out. So I was like, you know what? I need a mic because I was using a USB for the longest. Uh, there's that, always a hissing sound yeah. that USB mics have, and you can't really. You can make it lower, but it's always audible to an extent. And it's just like with this, you can't hear. I've got the air conditioner on. My cat's over there scratching at the door. It's like, let me in. No. <laughs> but uh, like I'd like, I, you know, especially since I've gotten to using XLR interfaces, like I just can't go back. Yeah. And especially like headphone microphones, like gaming headsets no. <laughs> no never again yeah 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 i hear you 
so uh, yeah with that being said i mean uh for you guys if you're looking for uh this episode of the podcast is available on apple Podcasts. yes i'm lazily reading it off because it's right below us apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher tune in radio iheart radio pandora and will be available in video format on youtube as well as on twitch and if you want to support the podcast, we've got Patreon. Everything you invest into me, I reinvest into the channel to deliver you guys better quality content. And for all of Andrew's social media links, they will be down in the description below the podcast, as well as Game Informer as well. I highly recommend you follow Andrew and Game Informer on all social media platforms. And, you know, that's uh, as gamers, let's just try and do our best. That's social distance. Let's try and all work together because we we have to. To beat this, we all have to come together and work together um, and take it seriously for what it is. It's it's not a minor thing. We've never in our lifetimes experienced anything like this. And I hope that when this passes, we never have to again. But with that, being, yeah, <laughs> you know, that being said, this is Andrew and myself. We're signing out. You guys have a good one. Hey, did you enjoy this episode of the Castanova Podcast? Well, I'm sure you did. And since you did and you're wondering where else you can find it, you can find it on every podcasting outlet. Yes, that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Launchpad DM by Podcast One, and so much more. And the only thing I ask of you is if you truly enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, please leave a rating and tell us what you thought of it, what you liked, what you didn't like, and everything in between. And also, if you're looking for video formats of this podcast and many more, you'll be able to find them on youtube.com slash Casanova as well as on twitch.tv slash Casanova and new episodes every single Monday morning, 8 a.m., Eastern Standard Time. So, that being said, this is Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out. You guys have a great one.